Hey everyone, welcome to the commercial relocation happy hour. I am uh, your co-host Rob Clark and with us as always, Ed Katz. How you doing, Ed? Good afternoon, Rob Clark. I'm doing wonderful. I hope you are too. I, I am and, and I'm, I, you know, we're recording this episode just after the Christmas holiday, just before the New Year's holiday. So I hope you had a, a great Christmas. I know it's in this crazy year still and not seeing all the family we might like to, but uh, Still hope you had a good day and enjoyed some time with family and friends. We did, and so far it's been safe. So good. I hope safe and healthy at your house, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's the most important thing, right? It is. All right, we're going to do a fun show today. And this is one I'm interested to get some uh, feedback and some thoughts from you on, because I've got to imagine the topic we're going to talk about today, it's an involving topic with technology and everything that's out there today and there's one thing specifically I think of when we think of the topic so let's just say it what's our topic for today networking and can you think of what I'm thinking of in today's world of technology what the networking tool is in this century well traditionally it has been and I still believe it is I defined networking when I had my moving company that I sold 20 years ago. But networking to me was a venue, a place where you went to get leads because either the attendees were prospects or the other attendees knew of prospects that could become your customers. So it's a, a venue, a place just to co-mingle and identify who's a prospect or who can help you get prospects. And, and they call them networking groups, right? That's what they call yes. them. Yes. Or network, I think networking events is what we're homing in on right now. Events. Right, right. And you would see people creating these networking events um, and trying to kind of narrow the lane of uh, participants so that there would be some, you know, give and take as far as leads and opportunities within that that event. Would you agree with that? I agree hundred percent. Okay. So how do you, that's, that's your definition of, of networking. Would that be fair? Yeah, sure. Okay. So what organizations, when you look at the O and I world, you know, what, what we kind of operate in and somebody's saying, well, man, I, I want to network. I want to get involved. I need leads. You know, that's how we get our business. How do they, what, what do you suggest for them to, to get those opportunities in networking? Uh, if I were in sales and I work for a moving company today and I was charged with the responsibility of identifying what organizations would I attend to get prospects, I would definitely join BOMA, B-O-M-A, Building Owner Managers Association. These are property managers. IFMA, I-F-M-A, International Facility Management Association. These are primarily decision makers as to who they're going to hire from big companies. And of course, the Chamber of Commerce. So those would be the three main organizations, trade associations, I would try to, you know, thrust myself into. So, I mean, obviously, Ed, give, give us some examples 
uh, when you join these organizations, I mean, the first thing, you know, you think of is in, in these types of organizations, specifically BOMA and IFMA, you're, you got to be active. People need to know they're big organizations. They need to know who you are within this organization. So being active, I think, is one of the main things you need to do to, to get those leads. But what are some other things that you can do when you join these organizations to help get some of these leads? I'm going to digress a little bit and tell you again, I'm that graduate from that terrible school, Hard Knocks. But in, before I answer that question and digress a little bit, when I say and you say be active in these organizations, you've got to join committees, get on committees, because then you'll be working with a small group of members of these trade associations and rubbing elbows with them and working on projects. And that's how you really get to know people. And that's being active means you've got to join at least one committee. And the more you join and the more you attend and participate and work for the, on behalf of the trade association, the more you're going to meet. Now, let me get back to where I was going to answer your question earlier. Again, I confess, nobody taught me anything. I just trial and error, school of hard knocks. So I joined, this is when money really, really was tight at my moving company because we were just starting out. I joined BOMA, I joined IFMA, and I also joined the Chamber of Commerce. So I made a huge investment. And then I found that after joining these trade associations, you had other funds you had to contribute because BOMA had a luncheon once a month and you had to pay for the luncheon. And IFMA had luncheons, we had to pay for those luncheons. And then the Chamber of Commerce met primarily after hours in the evening, where of course they had an open bar and hors d'oeuvres and you had to pay for the parking, usually it was in the downtown area, and you had to pay for the drinks. So I had my moving company join these three trade associations and I sent my two salespeople to as many of these luncheons and as many of these business after hour events as I possibly could. And not knowing what the hell I was doing, because I didn't, I just assumed we we're getting all these leads. Six months later, Rob, six months later, at one of our weekly sales meetings, I just asked my salespeople, are you getting a lot of leads when you go to these networking events? And their answer was, no, we're not getting anything. And I thought, what? Why didn't you tell me? Well, I, I'm not going to be cynical. I'm not going to say they went there for the meals or the drinks or whatever. I'm not going to go that <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm going to maybe think it. But anyhow, I got no ROI. I got no return on my investment. And as I said, that was when money was really tight and I didn't have discretionary money to throw so that my employees would go out and have a good time. So without telling them, Rob, I decided to go to one of these luncheons that occurred monthly. I believe it was a BOMA lunch. It was a BOMA lunch. And the doors opened at 1130. I was there at 20 after 11 in the morning. I went in and I went up to as many building managers as I possibly could. I assume they were all building managers. Most, most of them were. And I went up to the ones and uh, introduced myself 
and chatted with them briefly and exchanged business cards and told them a little bit about my moving company that we specialize in local office moving. And I noticed it's now quarter to 12. It's now 10 to 12. And my salespeople are MIA. They're not there. And I'm thinking, uh, did they not know today was the day that they were supposed to be at this luncheon? I know I paid for it. <laughs> so it's uh -oh. now 12 noon. Yeah, it's, it's 12 noon. So I sit down and I purposely sit next to other attendee members who I don't know. I want to meet as many people as I possibly can. By the way, between 1130 and noon, I met about, I think, six or seven building managers. And we exchanged business cards and introduced ourselves and all that. So now it's 12 noon. I sit at a table with strangers, which is what I want to do. And I'm conversing with them. And I'm thinking, where are my salespeople? They're not here. It's now 10 after 12. And they're just about to close the doors. And in walk my two salesmen. Hmm. And what do they do? They go and sit at an empty table by themselves next to each other. And for the next half hour while we're eating lunch, they're flapping their jobs, talking to each other, having a good old time, or I'm still networking at the table. <laughs> Rob, I was furious. I was so angry. Whose fault was that, Rob? Was it their fault or my fault? What do you think? I would say that was your fault. You're right. I was their sales manager. I had waited six months to finally measure so I could manage Woe was me, shame on me. And I should have gone behind them way before then. So needless to say, Rob, <laughs> I knew I had a problem. I had to fix it. So what do you, what do you think about all that? <laughs> well, I, I think it's a, a problem that is probably something that a lot of people have dealt with, obviously in our industry, but in other industries as well. So my first question is, how did you fix that problem with your with your sales staff? Well, at this point, I uh, did some research and some studying, and uh, this is way back before the internet, so it was not as easy to come up with information. But I did my my research, and I found out there are there's a science to networking at a venue like this. And so, at my next sales meeting, we had sales meetings. We try to have them at least once a week. At the next sales meeting, after I had done my research and came up with a business plan, a model, a business model, I gave these directives to my salespeople. I said, look, the next luncheon you go to, the next business after hours event you go to, you are together at least a half hour before the event commences. So before they sit down to eat lunch or before they start serving hors d'oeuvres and all that, you get there. You want, I want you to almost be opening up the doors. That's number one. Number two, when you attend these events, you two guys are to pretend you don't even know each other other than say hello to each other. Of course they rode together. I was going to say that. Yeah. All right. But I, I don't want you to be hanging with each other, talking to each other. You're to meet as many people as you possibly can to find out if they need our services or know of somebody who needs our moving services. And I want you to go up to strangers and introduce yourselves to the strangers. And before you go, I want you to be 
prepared this way. I want you to empty both of your front pockets. So they would empty their pockets. And I said, I want you to put a stack of your business cards in one pocket and leave the other pocket empty. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. People at networking event meetings, they open up their wallet, they take out a business card, they give it to you. And then they ask for it back because they have written a note on the back of that particular business card. Yeah. And they didn't realize it. And it takes like five minutes for them to open up their billfold and find a business card. I want you to have the gun cocked, locked and loaded, as they say, so that when they ask for your card or you introduce yourself, you can reach into the one pocket, pull out a business card, keep the other pocket empty. And then when you introduce yourself, you're going to say this. We're the only office mover in Atlanta that offers the boxless move. You got that? We're the only office mover in Atlanta that offers the boxless move. And then shut up and don't say anything because 100% of the time, the person you say that to is going to inquire, what's the boxless move? And you will then reply and repeat after me. We are the only moving company in Atlanta that when we move your office, you don't have to shut down a day before the move and pack up the contents of your furniture. And you're not out of business the day after the move because you didn't have to back box anything up or pack anything up the day before the move because we are the only moving company in Atlanta that can move the contents in your furniture instead of the contents and your furniture. That's why we call it the boxless move. And then the last thing is this. When you talk to somebody that you don't know, a prospect at this event, you're not going to spend more than eight minutes talking to them. You're not there to make friends. You're there to get leads of companies and people who need our services. So if there's somebody there who's looking for a new friend and they latch on to you, what you will say to that person is this. I know that you are here for the same reason we are. You're here to meet as many people as you possibly can. So even though I'd love to stand here and continue talking to you, I'm going to say hasta la vista. Goodbye. <laughs> and you go to the next person. Do not stay or hang with any one person more than eight minutes. You got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then to make sure they got it, we did role playing, which they didn't like. And I would be the building manager and I'd be the prospect. So we'd go back and forth and back and forth with this script till I, they finally mastered it. And that's how we, we got them to know the drill. And you know something? Within three months, all of a sudden, business after hours, the chamber, IFMA, BOMA, we started getting lots and lots of great leads. So it does work. It really did It worked for me, but I wish somebody had taught me that before I made that big investment and wasted six money, six months of time and money. I'm going to tell you, Ed, I have another question about your two sales guys. I'm going to get to that in a second, but I want to jump in here and kind of ask you one, let me say, when you talk about the boxless move, that was something that you had developed and created that differentiated you hugely in your market and in the industry, really. And uh, in today's world, you know, we have a lot of companies that have 
gone paperless and, and things like that. So now what you're saying is that was your tool. That was your way to differentiate yourself back then. Companies today still need to find a way that differentiates them from their competition. And that's kind of the hook that gets the, uh, the, the potential client kind of on, if you will. I agree with you 100%. Just like your company, CDM 360, if you remember in our first podcast, look at all the differentiators you offer during this pandemic. And, you know, you're, if I were selling for you right now, I might say that we're the only company, moving company in Houston that really minimizes the risk of spreading the pandemic and you could document and prove that to them. Absolutely. And here's what we do and here's what we offer and here's how we offer it. So, I mean, you, you got to come up with some differentiator. Really, if you were the only moving company in a smaller market that offered crates instead of cardboard, instead of cardboard cartons, you could say the box list moved because think about it. They're not building corrugated. They're not taping and building a box and filling it and taping it and all that. If you're using crates, and you could argue that a crate is not a box. So, I mean, there's still, you, you got to give them something to create a dialogue, to create a dialogue. So, and I, I think that that was the point there is that you have to be able to, and there's, there's a lot of ways to differentiate yourself. It's not that hard. So just, you know, figure out what that is and use that as kind of, you know, getting in the door, if you will. Um, the other thing I want to bring up right here before I get to my next question about the scenario we're dealing with is a lot of people listening to this ad are going, wait, 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 hold on a second. We're in the 21st century and all this technology and everything's done on my phone or on my laptop. And you know what I use for networking? And you know what they're going to say, right? Do you know or you want me to Your tell phone. you? No. LinkedIn. The internet. LinkedIn. That's oh, do you use LinkedIn? That's great. Do, do you? What are you going to do with LinkedIn? You're going to send a message to somebody. Sure, you're going to. I, I I do it all the time, and I sent out thousands of messages to people on LinkedIn, and got I got very poor, re, you know. Well, here here's my, and I totally agree with you. And here's my opinion on LinkedIn. You know. I'll tell you, I have probably, I haven't checked lately, but probably over 2,000 contacts on LinkedIn and all kinds of different business arenas. Um, I have sent out messages like you've described. I've never got a response where I could then have a meeting or even a phone conversation with somebody about a potential opportunity to do business with them. Never have. I think people by nature still want relationships. So I think your point of still belonging to IFMA, still belonging to BOMA, getting involved with the chamber, whatever, whatever other organizations there are where you can have that face-to-face -face relationship, getting to know people. Because I, I truly believe people, they buy from people they like, people they trust, people they have a sense of, you know, this person's going to do the right thing. They have some knowledge. I can tell, you know, all those different things, I think, matter when people buy or purchase things. I agree with you 100%. I'm not bragging. I'm confessing. I have 9,600 and change. Holy That's how cow. many contacts and connections I have on LinkedIn. And look, thank Thank God I'm on a fixed income and I get a Social Security check each month, Rob, <laughs> because that's how much LinkedIn helped me. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, use LinkedIn. If you're having some success with it, great. I just don't know that, you know, don't make that the only resource that you're using. You know, really the, the old 
especially in our industry, IFMA and BOMA are, are, are huge chamber of commerces, you know, just depending on the size of your market and how much business, big cities, they're huge, smaller ones, you know, just see what your ROI is, right? Um, I agree. But I getting agree. back to your scenario, so we've got your, 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 your two salespeople, you've coached them up, you've done your role playing, you've said, here's how you're going to do it next time you go. How do you know they did it, Ed? Well, they weren't real happy with my measurement tool. So I said to them, and by the way, guys, from now on, when you interact with these prospects at these events, I want you to collect all their business cards and make me a Xerox copy on one or two sheets of paper of all the people you exchange cards with. Do you think they like that measurement tool <laughs> I was using? Not at all. Hey, Mr. Katz, don't you trust us? And my pat answer when I had to do something like that and be a manager, I would say, hey, it's nothing personal. It's just business. I, as your sales manager, of course, I'm also the owner of the company, but I, as your sales manager, am personally responsible for the performance and behavior of the people I manage. This is my measurement tool. This, I trust you, but... Business is business. So that's when they, we really started getting more and more leads and more and more building managers started recommending us. And th this interaction drove it. And then within a few months, it was like we had always done it the right way in the first place. Yeah. Well, that, that those are, are great uh, points, Ed. And I think it's the right way to network in, in our industry, especially with the I mean, it's not like you're trying to find a group. The groups are there, especially in any mid to major markets. You know, IFMA and BOMA has a presence in most of them. So definitely take advantage of those. Um, do you have any other networking points that you would give to the people listening? Yes, I'm plagiarizing all this. So I told uh -oh. you, I did my research. I actually took a mini seminar. I forget where and when, but I did something. I remember near the Atlanta airport, I was locked in a, ballroom somewhere with a bunch of folks who are learning how to network. And this is a science. And here's what I learned. You know, when you go to these networking events, they give you a badge that's usually pre-printed. And if you'll notice, they'll have the name of your company in large font. Did you ever notice that? It's real large. And then your name is usually like in mice type, you know, like yeah. the company name is real big. So you go up and you're trying to read somebody's name and you're reading the company name, like Ivan Allen, which was a big furniture office supply store in Atlanta. So we got real big Ivan Allen, but that wasn't the person's name. His name might be Joe Smith, you know, which was in my print. So the badge they give you is not, in my opinion, it's not user friendly for the people meeting you. So what I suggest you do, and I learned this from this, this training seminar, for a nominal amount of money, like for $10, you can buy name tags made out of plastic and metal with a magnet on the back. So you can put it on your shirt, on your lapel, and it doesn't put holes in your fabric. And all they told me to put on there was your first name. So I'm not Edward Richard Katz. I'm not Eddie Dabover. I am Ed, E-D, 48 font. That's how big. So if like from 30 feet away, if I start walking towards you, I'm user-friendly in terms of who I am. You may, you may know me and you may have forgotten my name, but you can see the Ed. In fact, some people told me when they saw me 30 feet away, they turned around and went out the back door because <laughs> they knew I was going to talk to them. That aside, I'm making a point. It's like a billboard. 
you're going to give them your business card. They're going to find out who you are, who you work for, because you're going to give them your business card. But for them to see and interact with you, all you need is your first name, Rob, R-O-B. That's all you would need. When you put this on your shirt or your lapel, they say because you normally shake hands or bump elbows in the, during the pandemic, but you normally in normal times shake hands with the right hand, you want their eye to go from your right arm, up your wrist, up your elbow, up your, to your right side. It makes it easier for them to read the name as opposed to on your waist or on the left side or in the middle. Put the badge on your right side of your torso so that it falls as they're shaking your hand. They're going to look at your hand so they see it. And then their eye can glance up and see your name. That's the second thing. So we're on the right side. Again, get there at least a half hour before the event starts. So you can go up to what they call the singles. These are people who are standing alone. You know, if two or three people are talking together and you butt in and interrupt them, that's rude. So get there early enough where you see single people standing by themselves and go up to the singles. Those are the ones you want to meet. And then I have absolutely no idea why this is true, but I've done my own little very unsophisticated, unscientific research when I went to these um, meetings. And they say that the people you really want to meet, the power brokers, the, the, the ones that really have authority and responsibility and are successful, they gravitate to the four corners of the room. So if you see singles in the middle of the room and singles in the four corners, the course I took said, go to the four corners. These are the people that probably have bigger corporations, have more responsibility, more authority, and are, if they're not prospects, these are the people who know who need your service. So go to the four corners. And last but not least, don't second guess and judge people by their appearance. I will never forget this as long as I live. There is a lady, I'm going to mention her name. I hope I don't get sued. Her name is Dara Nicholson. She was just, she still is. She's, she was beautiful. She was a lot younger. This is back in the days when I had my moving company. Blonde, just a strikingly beautiful young lady. And a lot of people who were trying to meet as many people as they possibly could, movers, wouldn't go up to someone like that because they said, oh, that pretty young thing is probably somebody's assistant, office manager assistant or secretary. I'm not going to waste my time meeting her. Well, boy, would they be surprised to find out that Dara Nicholson was the senior vice president of a very large uh, property management company in Atlanta. In fact, she personally was oversaw several hundred thousand square feet of office space. So wouldn't that be just terrible to second guess somebody? So I'm not going to waste my time meeting that person. That's just a, a nobody. I'm going to go up to this guy or that guy. That's my whole point. Salespeople should never second guess. Your goal is to meet as many people as you possibly can in the time allotted. So, and actually I have a couple more points if I have a little more time to yeah, talk Absolutely. To Knock them out, Ed. When somebody gives you their business card and they tell you their name, sometimes it's hard to hear what they're saying. That They either mumble or they have an accent or there's a lot of noise in the room. So get into the habit of when they hand you your their business card, instead of putting it in the empty pocket that you have, remember you had pocket of your cards, 
your empty pocket, the other pocket is where you're going to be putting all these business cards you get so you don't mix them up. Pick up that person's business card that they hand you with both hands. Hold it up to your face and say, oh, Rob Clark. Rob, it says you're with CDM 360. Uh, who are they and what do they do? You're holding it up in front of your face. You're reading their name back to them. So now you really know what the person's name is. It wasn't Roberto. It was <laughs> Rob Clark. And I now had heard name, the name of your company. And I want to know what you do. So that is makes them feel more important because you're holding it up in front of your face. But what it really is intended is that so you know who you're talking to and you're not butchering their name. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, well, what do you do after the networking event? So you got all these business cards. If they are a prospect or if these are people that can help you, call them after the fact. Send them an email. Call them. Say, hey, I just wondered if there's a chance we could talk and I could tell you a little bit more about our services or I'd like to find out more about your needs and your building. You know, what are the building requirements that you have for movers when they enter your building with hours of the day? Could we get together maybe over some coffee or lunch or dinner, whatever? That's you've got to follow up with every lead you get, every prospect you get, every business card that you get. How do you feel about that? I think it's absolutely perfect. So, I mean, why, why that, collect the cards if you're not going to follow up, right? Oh, I agree 100%. Well, that was my job again as sales manager because then the next level was next follow up sales meetings that we had weekly. Who have you called from the list of uh, business cards that you gave me, that the copies that you gave me the week before, or the two weeks before, or three weeks before? You got to keep driving the sales force to follow up, follow through, get the prospects to become clients, customers. Absolutely agree. But first and foremost, the most important lesson here today is once you join IFMA and BOMA, go to the luncheons, go to the meetings. But the most important thing is, and I just want to drive this home, Ed, join the committees. Get on yes. the committees and be active. Yes, really be active. I'll never forget this. There was something called the Toby Awards, I believe T-O-B-Y. This was at BOMA. So we had a look at like eight or 10 different office buildings in metropolitan Atlanta. And then we voted, the six of us voted which building was the best, the, the most you know, prestigious building of all six. And then they got an award and then they could advertise that particular building ownership could advertise that their building won the Toby, the Toby Award for whatever it was. And one of the buildings was in uh, Augusta, Georgia. So here I am in a car with five other BOMA members who were property managers and I, and we drove in one car to Augusta, Georgia. That was like two and a half hours each way. And then another hour at the building and going for the tour of that particular building. But we did that for five other buildings too. Let me tell you something, by the end of that trip, we all got to know each other really well. And we were on a first name basis. And I know that they recommended our moving company services to their tenants. That's why you wanna work elbow to elbow, roll up your sleeves, get involved in committees, meet as many people as you can. I, I ultimately got on the program committee where you try to find guest speakers to come in. Oh, that was wonderful. Because again, I could. there were several of us on the committee and we had to work together to find 
people that can speak at the luncheons. So that's why you want to join committees. You're hundred percent right, Rob. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great episode. I think, uh, I think a lot of people, uh, kind of get into a routine or, or what you might want to call it. But, uh, I think they know about it, but they forget about BOMA and IFMA. Maybe they used to be members and got out of it, but I think it's absolutely the best networking for what we do in the markets, the bigger, like I said, mid to major markets that we're in and maybe revisiting if you're not a member and getting back in there. If you are a member, uh, making sure your people are in committees, like you said, are very, very important. But I think uh, this was a great episode on reminding people how important networking is to to get business because we all need those leads, right? We do. Can, do I have a few more minutes to tell you? I just thought of another. Uh-oh. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. Once <laughs> I start talking, I never shut up. I'm, I'm, lonely. I'm a lonely old man. No, Nobody thinks that about you, Ed. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> so I remember this. If my, I'm going to say if my, what do I care? If my said to me one day, hey, look, if you pay for our luncheon for all of the 40 or 50 attendees, if you pay for the luncheon, we're going to put a banner a poster up on the wall that says your moving company name paid for the luncheon. And I thought to myself, what's the ROI? What's the return on investment? If I'm a, an IFMA member, so I'm going to recommend this guy's moving company just because he bought me a lunch. No. And I said, I would like to help you out, but we're a small company and we could barely afford your, I thought to myself, outrageous dues you know our dues just remember this if you're not a property manager or facility manager and you belong to these organizations so you're called an allied member your dues subsidize their dues so that their dues are lower and then they wanted me to spend whatever it was several hundred dollars for the lunch for all these attendees and they're going to recommend me because they know i paid for the lunch because my name my company name's up on a wall that's you know on a four by six poster or something I don't think so. So my advice is think before you jump, before you start paying for lunches or dinners or open bars and all that. Are you really going to get a return on your investment? Does that sound cynical? Do you, can you tell them from New York City? I think that's just solid advice. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just me. But, you know, what else you got? Anything else? No, now you know everything I know. I don't know about that, but we know a lot of what you know. <laughs> Well, Ed, this has been fun. Always enjoy doing these. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. And until our next episode, go sell another move. Bye, everyone. <laughs>